Our faith is often under attack from the culture around us, maybe from loved ones or acquaintances, or sometimes even from our own doubts. If you have ever questioned yourself, or if you've ever been questioned by someone else, then what you need is apologetics. Welcome to the conversation. This is Filter. Hey guys, welcome to Filter. This is a podcast where we seek to apply biblical clarity to a world of chaos. My name is Aaron Champ, and what we're talking about today is apologetics. I think that what we find a lot in our culture is challenges to our Christian faith, or maybe we uh, find challenges just in our daily lives, whenever friends, family, or just someone that we meet will find out that we're a believer, and we start to talk about what we think. We start to talk about the gospel or something else, and they have questions or objections, uh, and we see this all the time. Every single age throughout history that the church has existed has certain challenges to the Christian faith that the believers in that age had to consider, formulate a response to, and then defend the faith. And our age is no different. In fact, our generation is living in a culture that is quite more hostile to our faith than the previous generations before us, although, of course, not the worst in history. So it's important for us to be able to know how to respond to these different things. And the way that we respond to challenges, questions, doubts is through apologetics. Apologetics is how Christians examine the culture around them and respond to the challenges of that culture, as well as providing some practical answers to the biggest issues that we face. This is what we're talking about today. Let's just jump right in because we got a lot to get to. So what is apologetics? Uh, Maybe you hear that word and you think, what are we apologizing for? (laughs) That's not what apologetics is. It's not about that. Apologetics comes from a central passage in the Bible. It's the classical passage that we look at for apologetics, which is in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. In context, what Peter is doing is he is writing to a group of Christians who are being persecuted underneath the time of Emperor Nero. He is talking to them about how to live as Christians in a hostile culture. And here's what he says in the midst of that hostile culture in verse 15. But in your hearts... Regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do this with gentleness and reverence, keeping a clear conscience, so that when you are accused, those who disparage your good conduct in Christ will be put to shame. So in verse 15 of this passage, Peter says to them, be ready to give a reason to anyone who asks you for the hope that is in you. The Greek word that he's using in that in that passage for reason is the Greek word apologia. It's translated as reason or answer or defense. Kind of the idea that comes across here is the kind of defense that would be given in a courtroom setting uh, to defend a, a, a person from charges of a crime or something. This is the word that we use to get our English word apologetics coming from this word for defense or answer and so on. And so let me give you a couple of definitions. Uh, this definition comes from Joshua Chatraw and uh, Mark Allen in their book, Apologetics at the Cross. They say, apologetics is the practice of offering an appeal and a defense for the Christian faith. In other words, apologetics through word and deed answers both why a person can believe, which is a defense, and why a person should believe, which is an appeal. My own definition for apologetics is, apologetics is the discipline of defending, commending, and communicating the faith. 
I get these categories from a guy named Alistair McGrath, who teaches at Oxford in England. Uh, he also wrote a book called Mere Apologetics. And in that book, he gives us these three really broad categories for apologetics. And so his first one is defending. And so one of our major categories for apologetics is defending the faith. So that means defending it from objections or questions raised by uh, opponents to the Christian faith or just skeptics or people who are curious and seeking um, some charge such as, uh, well, you know, it's impossible for miracles to happen. And so we would provide a defense for that belief or how can you believe in a good God whenever our world is so filled with pain and evil? We would give a defense in response to that. Another way that defense comes into the picture, whenever it, 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 we're talking about apologetics, is defense for the own doubts of our heart. Because apologetics is useful not just for when we are challenged from the outside, but also for when we are challenged from the inside and we face our own doubts. Christians doubt. It's okay. It's natural. In the Gospels, we read uh, that John the Baptist was also doubting whenever he was uh, in prison awaiting his execution by Herod. He doubted as well. And so apologetics can help us whenever we doubt to defend us from the questions and, and accusations maybe even of our own hearts. So defending the faith. Second is commending the faith. And so this is where we move from making a, a negative defense to a positive appeal. We, we move from a negative defense to positively commending uh, what we believe to those who will listen, uh, making an appeal to those who will listen. We see a really good ex- explanation of this from uh, the French philosopher and mathematician named Blaise Pascal. In his book, Ponces, he wrote this. He said that after we show that the faith is not contrary to logic or reason, he said, next, make it attractive. Make good men wish it were true, then show that it is. Worthy of reverence because it really understands human nature. Attractive because it promises true good. And so apologetics is also about making an appeal for the faith, showing people why it is so good, how it can change lives, how it can improve society, how it makes sense of our human experience, how uh, the, the Christian story is the culmination of all of the greatest stories that we long for, how the gospel provides us with the satisfaction of all of the longings of our heart, and so on. So we defend the faith, we commend the faith through appeal. Another way that apologetics helps us is in understanding how to communicate the faith to our culture. Understanding how we take the unchanging message of the gospel, but communicate it to an ever-changing society, right? The message doesn't change, but the way that we communicate it does, because we're trying to to communicate to people who are speaking in a different way or operating according to different thought patterns than people did 50 years ago or 100 years ago or more. And so apologetics helps us to do that as well, to communicate the faith to uh, the culture around us. Here is another category that doesn't come from a graph, but is one of my own categories. And other people have talked about this as well, but I wanted to add it in here, which is that of discipleship. Apologetics is not something that is purely theoretical that we only use for argument's sake, but apologetics is something that should play a crucial role in discipleship. I've already alluded to this earlier in just talking about how apologetics can really help bolster our faith from our own doubts. But apologetics also plays a role in the transforming of our minds to be obedient to Christ. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we are told to not be conformed to this age, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Apologetics is how we identify what is the falsehood or what are the uh, false worldviews of this age which we should not be conformed to, and then what is the truth of God's word that counteracts it, which is truer and better and uh, more beautiful than those falsehoods that we then have our minds renewed in so that we can discern what is the will of God. Apologetics is crucial in doing this. And so in that sense, it should be an integral part of every person's discipleship. So this is what apologetics is. What are some of the tools that we can use? We actually have a lot of tools at our disposal because I think the assumption often is that apologetics is only for the very intellectual. It's only for the philosophy nerds or people who like logic. And while there is a lot of philosophy in apologetics and it is very logical, there are also other tools at our disposal that we use to defend, commend, and communicate the faith. So some of those tools are, number one, reason and logic. Yeah, we use a lot of logical reasoning and good argumentation in defending and commending the faith. That is a historic and classical part of apologetics. But another one of the tools at our disposal in defending and committing the faith is evidences. We can appeal to various different types of evidence to defend and commend our faith. We can appeal to scientific evidences, particularly whenever it comes to uh, talking about the origins of our world, right? Are we, did our world come about by Darwinian evolution or did our world come about by the uh, initiative of an intelligent mind, which as Christians we say is God, right? Uh, is the biblical account true or is the non-biblical, right? The worldly accounts true of our origins. And so we can help uh, defend the biblical account through science. We can also use history where it comes to defending why we believe in our Bible and the reliability and the integrity of our Bible. We can appeal to history and archaeology and so on. Uh, and so we can also use evidences, empirical evidences, and so on in apologetics. Another thing that we can use is the Bible. Yes, you can actually use the Bible as one of your tools in apologetics. I think people overlook that a lot, but it is an important tool. You should use the Bible. Don't be afraid to. Another one is human experience. Like I said earlier, apologetics helps us to identify and communicate to people how Christianity makes sense of the human experience how the Christian worldview offers us a future and a hope and a satisfaction to the deepest longings that are within every human heart. And so in apologetics, we can appeal to those things uh, in order to make compelling arguments for the Christian worldview. The last one is imagination. Believe it or not, imagination is one of our best tools at our disposal for the sake of apologetics. One of the most famous people to ever do this is someone that you probably already heard of, which is C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis was not only an excellent philosopher who had a sharp mind and practiced sharp reasoning, but he was also an author of fictional stories, more than that, children's stories. And he sought to make an appeal for the Christian worldview, not only through his argumentation, but also through his stories. And we can show and we can see how through art, and through storytelling, we can make some magnificent appeals to people who are willing to listen for the Christian worldview. So there's just some simple definitions and uh, explanations of what Christian apologetics is all about. But before we close, let me talk to you about 
the most important thing in Christian apologetics. There is a talk that is given by one of my professors and mentors from uh, New Orleans Seminary named Bob Stewart. He gives a talk called The Most Important Thing in Christian Apologetics. It's on YouTube. We'll link it in the show notes so that you can find it. And his essential argument in this talk that he's given is that though argumentation and intellectual preparation and reading and all these things is, is great and very important for apologetics, the most important thing for apologetics is our character and our walk with Christ. Because here's what we need to understand. The best arguments are voided and useless by an inconsistent lifestyle or an ungodly character. In context, whenever Peter was telling the Christians to be ready to provide that reason or defense, he also said, along with a certain manner, he said to do it with gentleness and respect and with a certain conduct of life. He said, so that whenever people slander you for your good conduct in Christ, then you know they will be proven wrong because of that good conduct. And so, uh, even more important then our intellectual preparation is our character preparation. So let me give you, before we close, just the three most important. Uh, I would say there's there's all kinds of others. But let me just give you the three most important, or you could even say three starting points for the character development of a Christian apologist. The first one is humility. So easy and so often do we get into apologetics because we want to be proven right. Because we want to win arguments. And that is not at all the motivation of a truly Christian apologist. The Christian apologist should be marked by a deep humility. This humility comes from a couple of things. Number one, recognizing our nature. That we are also fallible and imperfect and often foolish human beings, just like the people that we are having dialogue with. So this understanding comes from our own human nature. We are limited. We are foolish. We need help. Secondly, this humility should come from the awareness that we are sinners in need of God's grace, that we would not believe and we would not have a relationship with him without his grace, the same grace that is needed by the people uh, that we are talking to. Humility. There's the Christian philosopher Doug Grotheis in his magnificent book, Christian Apologetics, says this. He says, humility is the cardinal virtue of the apologist and of every Christian. Humility does not require abjuring religious certainty in favor of intellectual timidity. Humility recognizes the source of all good things, intellectual or otherwise, as rooted in God's grace. As such, they are gifts deserving of thanks. So humility, the second one, is uh, being a person of prayer, or we can just say prayer, right? Apologetics, we need to recognize, is not just an intellectual struggle, but a spiritual struggle struggle. And so this means two things. Number one, that you must be prepared wherever you go into the struggle. You must be prepared for that spiritual struggle on the basis of having a strong prayer life, often spending time in uh, in relationship with God and in God's presence, having that strong foundation. And then secondly, you must develop the habit of intercessory prayer, of being someone who can not only engage into discussions and defenses, and appeals, but someone who in the midst of all these things can be praying for the person or the people that you're having a conversation with, even in the midst of that conversation. And of course, before or afterwards. Prayer. Because what apologetics does is it clears the barriers to faith, but only the Holy Spirit brings about faith in a person's heart. So the apologist needs prayer. Humility, prayer, and then here's the last one, which is love. 
Once again, apologetics must be done out of love, not out of arrogance, not out of a desire to be proven right or the thrill of winning an argument, but out of love. I'm going to close with this quote from one of my personal all-time favorite Christian apologists, Francis Schaeffer. In his book, The God Who Is There, he said, Love is not an easy thing. It is not just an emotional urge, but an attempt to move over and sit in the other person's place and see how his problems look to him. Love is a genuine concern for the individual. The reason we do it is that the person before us is an image bearer of God, and he is an individual who is unique in the world. This kind of communication is not cheap. To understand and speak to sincere but utterly confused people is costly. It is tiring. It will open you to temptations and pressures. Genuine love in the last analysis means a willingness to be entirely exposed to the person to whom we are talking. In the next episode, we're actually going to be doing apologetics by preparing ourselves for Easter and looking at some of the top evidences that we can gain some confidence in for believing that Jesus did in fact, in history, physically raise from the dead, that the tomb was empty, and so on. I hope this episode helped you today in understanding apologetics and maybe even getting started in learning more about, about apologetics. I'd encourage you to check out our show notes for highlights and for some of the resources that I mentioned here and some ongoing resources to help you learn more. I just want to thank you so much for joining the conversation. I hope that this episode helped you find clarity in the chaos. If it did help you, then let me encourage you to please leave us a review. It helps us to get the word out and also to share with a friend that you think it might really benefit them as well. I'm Aaron Champ. You've been listening to Filter. Filter.